Welcome to the Legal MD Podcast. Your hosts, Sydney Delaney and Dr. David Grundy, a renowned medical legal consultant with years of experience in clinical practice and forensic medicine, bring you insightful discussions and analysis on the intersection of medicine and law. Together, we explore complex issues that arise in cases of medical malpractice, wrongful death, and personal injury. Our guests include top attorneys, medical professionals, and industry leaders who will share their expertise and insights. Join us while we examine captivating case stories that have had profound impacts on suit resolution. Hit that subscribe button now and never miss an episode. Hi, and welcome to the Legal MD Podcast. Glad you're here. David and I are your hosts. David, also known around our emergency department as Doc Grundy, is a renowned medical legal consultant, a two-tour Army combat veteran, an exceptional emergency medicine physician with more than two decades of experience, and a bit of a raconteur. Well, thanks for that, Sid. And Sydney is the co-founder of our consulting business, Grundy MD Consulting. We have worked together in emergency medicine for several years. Sydney does have a background in law and also in a previous life was probably a grizzled detective of some sort. She's the one who will keep all of our records straight and also comes up with some crazy medical legal theories. So out there, they just might be true. For our first episode, we just want to introduce ourselves and this podcast to you. So I thought a good starting point might be to tell you why we got into medical legal consulting in the first instance. Yeah, it was, it was a real journey. Uh, I've been doing emergency medicine on the clinical side for about 18 years, but over the last couple of years realized that there was a real need in the medical legal consulting space for physicians that can provide a sort of broad uh, consulting physicians perspective, uh, you know, in contrast to narrowly focused experts. And about two years ago, a personal friend who does personal injury law came to me with uh, some questions about a particularly interesting case. And I helped him work this to a really satisfactory conclusion and was just fascinated by it. It seemed this was a way to really use my analytical skills um, and to help my attorney clients and, of course, downstream really help the plaintiff to have uh, justice done and to be made whole for injuries that had really sort of eluded the first pass through. So that's how I got into it. And the podcast grew out of that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, after we did that first case for this friend of ours, you know, we had a few other attorneys who he knew and had, you know, seen parts of our work. They came to us and they were just telling us these, you know, I'll be honest, horror stories about medical legal consulting that they'd gotten in the past, you know, they'd approached these docs and paid them just a ridiculous amount of money for a product that maybe they couldn't use and at the worst actually harmed their case. So I think that we realized that there was a big need for consulting from physicians that were really willing to ask what the attorney needs and respond to it. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, Sydney. I, Sydney's referring to uh, one of our earlier cases where 
uh, without naming any names, uh, hypothetically, uh, an attorney client had a, a patient or a client who had a pediatric leg fracture and uh, all he needed from his physician consultant was uh, a letter of causation saying, you know, the reason that she had lost a lot of function was because she had broken her leg, not, not, not implying a complication of surgery or anything like that. And so this uh, august professor of pediatric orthopedic surgery cheerfully cashed his check for $3,000 and sent him a letter that said, quote, there's nothing wrong with my surgery. She should be fine. And so, you know, of course, this poor attorney came to us just at his wits end. And uh, we were able to really help him out and, you know, go over the case and examine the patient and, uh, you know, give him what he needed, which was a letter that said, yeah, the causation, the reason that she's impaired is from the fracture. It's not med mal or anything like that. And, and that led to a really um, impressive uh, final outcome as far as the award the settlement award. And uh, that really got us hooked. And I would say that was a part of the impetus for doing this podcast too, to go over some of these stories from our attorney clients. Some of them are truly medically interesting and some are interesting in the sense that they fall in that, uh, that liminal world, that junction between medicine and law. And we're looking for ways to uh, find better outcomes and, uh, you know, part of it obviously is helping attorney clients win the big value cases, but another side of it is de-risking some of the weak and fishy cases without excessive time or money spent. You know, overall, we're looking for ways to help our attorney clients add case value. Yeah, and I think that, you know, another, you know, big driver to start this podcast was so that personal injury attorneys and med mal attorneys who've had you know frustrating experiences with medical consulting in the past know that it doesn't have to be that way there is a better way to do this right right there's a more there's a more focused way to do it of course you know if what you need is the professor of pediatric orthopedic surgery or or a professor of neurosurgery or what have you to um you know take the stand and take these things all the way then that's what you need and um, you know, I, I understand that part of it, but there's another spot in the ecosystem, which is this early de-risking and early analysis, and it can, uh, it can really help both sides. And, you know, it helps our physician colleagues as well, because we like to uh, make this whole process as focused as possible. A lot of what we do early is uh, analyzing things very carefully and finding out who specifically should be named and uh, really homing in on uh, if there was a breach, you know, uh, who is responsible and, and that can, uh, that more surgical approach, I think can help everyone. Um, so of course this, this show is primarily intended for personal injury and med mal attorneys, but, uh, I think that the stories and the personalities and some of the perspectives will also be of interest to healthcare professionals and to the general public as well. Yeah. I think another aspect of this is that, you know, it's been just very enjoyable to see justice for our clients as well. There have been instances where, you know, our our client is, you know, typically a, a fairly impoverished person who really does need future medical care that they just have not been able to access because a treating doc, for whatever reason, can't see the forest through the trees and they won't play ball. And this person goes on suffering for years when they ought not have. And, you know, as 
people who work in medicine, it just drives us crazy. And we love being able to have this business as a means to correct that. Yeah, that's right, Sid. And I, and I wouldn't uh, fault the treating physicians. Uh, in, in many cases, the last thing they want to do is get a letter from an attorney asking for uh, anything at all. That sort of is a allergic reaction. You know, if they, they hate seeing your letterhead. I mean, mm -hmm. they really do. But uh, they just kind of black out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they get arrives. stressed. But, uh, but, you know, we understand the situation. And, you know, the other thing is they don't see that as part of their core business at all. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I, I, in, in our company, of course, that is very much our core business is uh, uh, taking care of the specific uh, concerns that attorney clients have in a timely and very focused uh, fashion. And, uh, you know, so again, in our upcoming episodes, um, we hope to bring in top-notch uh, legal experts, also um, uh, medical experts as well. You know, literally the national level uh, expert witnesses in fields like trauma care and neurology and so on and so forth. But we also will be bringing in experts from related fields as well, like forensics, pathology, law enforcement, uh, even private investigation. Well, that sounds great. Um, can you give us a condensed sample of a case that we might hear on the podcast? Well, absolutely. And in fact, we just finished a really cool one. So uh, just a bizarre future medicals consequence of trauma. So basically an attorney client came to us with a case of a, a young man who was injured. Uh, he was at a uh, taking a lake vacation and staying in this vacation house. And uh, it was a poorly maintained, there's a poorly maintained deck on this lake house. And sort of later in the evening, the young man leaned up against the railing, which was poorly maintained, and uh, it just collapsed instantly. And he fell about almost three meters, so over 10 feet and landed on hard packed earth. And he did immediately go to the emergency department uh, by ambulance and was at uh, cared for there, but it looked like initially the assessment was that he only had, you know, contusion. So bumps and bruises, that type of thing, really nothing that made for, you know, expensive initial care. And certainly there were no obvious, uh, you know, big future medicals. So that seemed the end of it. But then 48 hours later, uh, the guy's back in the ER again, this time with severe abdominal pain. And he ended up having uh, acute appendicitis of all things. So our attorney client came to us with this and just asked if there's any possible way that, you know, a fall, uh, you know, with the impact and uh, energy imparted to the abdominal space could cause appendicitis. And so I was fascinated by this whole thing. I really wasn't sure myself at the time, but I did do a deep dive into the surgical literature and found that lo and behold, they're really are multiple cases in the surgical literature of so-called post-traumatic appendicitis. And uh, we were able to really help him out uh, finding this and kind of connecting some of the dots. I, I remember just absolutely loving this case. It was so fascinating, both from a medical and a legal perspective. But, you know, for our listeners, would you mind how, explaining how a fall can cause appendicitis? Well, that's the big question, right? Because, of course, when we invoke this sort of uh, a theory, we have to come up with some plausible mechanism of action by which it might have happened. So uh, apparently 
when I looked into the surgical literature, the theories going suggest that uh, energy imparted to the abdominal wall can cause significant bruising of the uh, wall of the colon in the region around the appendix. That's called the cecum or the, uh, the right lower quadrant. And if that uh, swelling is sufficiently severe, it can um, occlude or block the, uh, the little opening into the appendix. It's called the ostia of the appendix. So, you know, like all uh, regions of mucosa or bowel, the appendix has to uh, drain fluid like every minute of every day. And if it's blocked, then what happens is the pressure builds up inside the appendix to the point that the uh, integrity of the wall of the appendix is compromised and you get an infection and uh, ultimately it ruptures. There's a, there's a fascinating historical perspective around this strange entity. Uh, it's actually believed that this is the very condition which killed uh, the great stage ma magician Harry Houdini way back in the 1920s. In fact, he was punched, uh, you know, violently in the right lower quadrant by a so-called fan and, uh, uh, you know, four days later was dead from peritonitis from acute appendicitis. Well, you know, it's worth noting that Houdini was probably, uh, you know, he was, that was probably a setup, but you know, that's a, that's a story for another time. You know, you may be right. And he was one of these tough guys. He, uh, he had sort of this ongoing challenge that he could take a punch in the gut from anyone. And, uh, so, but, but he had to be like braced and ready. He and, did. Uh, yeah. He was, uh, apparently not so braced at the time, but uh, anyway, he, uh, ended up dying from it. Mm -hmm. There are some other case studies which have been written by surgeons about this entity that propose a theory that this can also be caused by uh, forces on the abdominal fascia, which is a layer of connective tissue. But, you know, this is one of these things that you could never get an ethics board to approve to study. So it will absolutely have to stay a theory. Yeah, that's right, Sydney. It reminds me of like uh, emergency toxicology. It's all based on case studies because you can't very well take a thousand people and poison them with bleach and, you know, see how they do in A-B testing. So uh, it is all anecdotal, but that's certainly a possibility too, that bleeding into the fascial wall could uh, in and of itself uh, compromise or the fascial layer, I should say, could compromise the, uh, the area around the appendix. But in any event, uh, it's really real. But we were able to help our attorney client out with this. Once we had understood that this was a uh, true surgical entity, then we were able to um, make a chain of inference that really uh, made the case work for our attorney client. So what I did is I went back into the literature and found specifically auto vehicle accidents that had led to patients having probable post-traumatic appendicitis. And based on the known collision speed, I was able to calculate a sort of um, minimum energy that it takes to provably cause this, uh, to lead to this condition. And here's where things got really cool. So, and this I think is one of the things that very much impressed the judge in this case, uh, with that energy determination in mind, I went back and actually did a biophysics model of, you know, a human body of his weight, uh, freely falling and accelerating in space and then impacting, 
uh, hard earth. And I was able to calculate how much uh, energy there would be imparted to the abdominal wall in that sort of situation. And I was then able to show that the, uh, the loading, the instantaneous loading or the energy to his uh, torso was about 3x that of, uh, you know, the causative energy in other similar uh, cases. So, you know, with all those pieces in hand, we were able to write a definitive letter saying that, you know, to a reasonable degree of medical certainty, it was the fall that led to the appendicitis that led to his need for emergency surgery. You know, it was great with all of that in hand and that letter, our attorney client uh, ended up with a settlement of about 12x what the insurance company had initially offered him. Yeah. And, you know, another thing I loved about this case was some of, you know, we just we like to get a bit of a postscript from our attorneys. You know, we want to know how their cases went. We love feedback. And, Absolutely. You know, we want to make sure that the attorneys really get what they needed from us. So we were talking with this attorney over some beers later and he was telling us that, you know, the judge was just delighted by the calculations because, you know, you just don't see that in the courtroom every they day. They don't see biophysics calculations uh, mm, no. uh, in the courtroom very often. So they, they, they really ate it up. Yeah. And so the judge loved it, but they, the opposing counsel for the insurance company was just shooting daggers at our client the entire time. So, you know, we think that he may have made a friend with the judge, but this insurance company is uh, going to hate him for life. So I'm just, I'm just kind of bummed that we weren't there to see all of this. Yeah, the insurance guy was not pleased, but our client certainly was. You know, maybe we should uh, take the other guy out for beers at some point too. You know, um, I don't, I don't think he wants to be friends after not. what went down. Maybe not. So Sydney, tell us, uh, each and every one of these episodes, we are committing to coming up with. Uh, you know, one sort of take home message, takeaway message, or, you know, a, a bit of a medical legal pearl that you can use. So uh, something that you can implement into your practice right away. So Sydney, <laughs> tell us how that's going to work. Right. So uh, just as David says, you know, every episode will have a story of a case, but also, uh, you know, just a quick takeaway that you can implement into practice right now. So for example, the takeaway from this case story is that there are many post-traumatic conditions that are, you know, just not intuitively obvious. And, you know, so you've got, like in today's story, you've got post-traumatic appendicitis, but some other wild ones like post-traumatic atrial fibrillation, post-traumatic diabetes, fibromyalgia, pancreatitis, you know, you've got things like compartment syndromes, all kinds of stuff. 100%. You know, there's this old um, statistical saying that correlation does not equal causation, but I'm going to turn that thing on its head and say that, uh, you know, if you have a multiply injured uh, patient and they do come up with, um, you know, in the days or weeks after their injury or even sometimes longer, uh, an odd medical condition or chronic pain condition, talk to us because it may be the case that there are uh, proven linkages. Uh, Sid mentioned post-traumatic diabetes. How in the heck would that work? And yet it does, you know, mm -hmm. uh, trauma patients, uh, severe trauma patients have been shown to be at much greater risk of the onset of new on, you know, new onset uh, type two diabetes. And you can just imagine the future medicals 
of a life of diabetes. Oh my God, it's just, astronomical. It's astronomical. And that, that may just dwarf the initial settlement value. So, uh, you know, chronic regional pain uh, conditions, you think about things. We w- recently had a case of uh, uh, that we demonstrated that the patient's uh, fibromyalgia started with uh, severe uh, vehicular trauma. So uh, these are all things that we would love to talk to you about. If mm-hmm. you think you're seeing it, give us a call. Well, and for what it's worth, even if you don't think that you're seeing it, if a client or potential client comes in and they, you know, they're describing maybe an auto accident or a slip and fall, and then they end up with this obscure condition shortly thereafter, or not even obscure, a seemingly common condition, give us a call and we'll look into it. Because You know, I'll be honest, the first time I heard about post-traumatic type 2 diabetes, my immediate response was bullshit. Yeah, right. By what mechanism? But the fact is, in medicine, many conditions, initial onset mechanism is not well understood. So it comes down to being able to prove this using the literature, which is, you know, what we've done time and time again. That's right. So if you think your client's condition... Uh, may have been related to a traumatic injury, but you know the treating doctors aren't making that link. Just shoot us a message uh, to the email in the show notes. And uh, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Legal MD Podcast. See ya. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Legal MD Podcast. If you have a case you'd like to discuss with Dr. Grundy, please visit our website, www.mdmlc.com.